You know, when we have testimony services, uh, one thing that I would encourage us to think about when we hear the stories, when we've seen baptism stories, we've experienced um, the baptism here this morning, as we hear more stories, uh, there's two different ways that we can, we can enter into the story. Um, um, we can listen and we can be passive and see the story as something that's out there that's happening in somebody else's life and just kind of almost see it like we're watching a movie. And at the end of it, go, you know, that was just a really good testimony movie. I'm just so thankful for all the things that happened in other people's lives. Or we can enter into the testimony and say, God, if you can do that work in them, you have a work you can do in me. And that's the power of testimony, not that... And, and, and there's another aspect of that first part that's even a little bit more um, destructive, which is we hear somebody else's story. Instead of believing that God can do something in us, we compare and we go, oh, that can't happen in me. Or why hasn't that happened with me? And we begin to complain and we begin to distance ourselves from God. May we enter in in these next few moments with an expectation that somebody else's story is a door for God's story in my life. Amen. Awesome. Well, um, last week I think we heard from the Fortiers and God's uh, miraculous work in Bell's life, and that was I didn't get to hear it, but I'm sure it was powerful. And we want to continue in the theme of what is God doing in our in our church and our members' lives. And I believe that Nate Masterson has a, a testimony. Nate, are you in the room? He is running right here. Everybody, give it up for Nate. This is what we do at Antioch Waltham. We, we work with children and come back and give testimonies and go back. This is what's happening. You got it? All right. All right. Awesome. Uh, I have a, just a uh, short testimony of a healing in my life, which was awesome. So uh, a couple months ago, no, it was a month ago, Sean, uh, he gave a, uh, yeah, a sermon here uh, talking about the Holy Spirit. And then after, he asked for uh, people who were just praying over each other. And I had a, uh, so I have some shoulder issues in my past. I've had surgery before, and um, I did this probably like two weeks before that service. I, I heard it, and uh, I know when I really heard it. It was like I couldn't lift stuff. I couldn't do push-ups, and um, so Sean was like, hey, you know, pray for healing. So someone came, or I asked someone for healing, and they prayed over it, and then I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test this out. So I, they prayed for me right here, and then I remember I went in the back to the kitchen area, and I just started doing push-ups. And um, I was like, this is amazing. Like, wow, I couldn't do push-ups before this, and now I'm doing a bunch of push-ups. Not a ton. I can't do a lot, but, you know, enough to, to make it that I knew something changed. But then it was interesting. I, like, right after that, I was like, that was incredible, but still I was like, became a skeptic, and I was like, was that really was that really God or was that just a coincidence? And then um, even after that, Sean was like, you know, all right, you know, share testimonies if anyone was healed. And I was like, something inside me was still like, no, that, that was that really from God or was that just a coincidence? And uh, so uh, uh, that was about a month ago. To this day, I have no issues with my shoulder. I'm doing push-ups, so I'm I'm here to testify that God healed my shoulder. And I just want to give him praise and glory for that. So, amen. So next time, uh, instead of going to the kitchen, we're going to have you do it on the yeah, stage, all right? Uh, yeah, okay. All right. 
awesome. Thanks, Nate. That's fantastic. Well, if you've noticed, uh, front and center, we, we, we have uh, our Puerto Rico mission team are part of it. So you guys stand up and let everybody see who you are. Turn around. This is your Antioch Waltham Puerto Rico mission team. I think we're missing a couple of people. Um, from that team, but we also, so we sent 36 people from Antioch, um, or at least led out by our Antioch church to Puerto Rico. I was counting up, I don't know why I didn't do this ahead of time, but, but going into the service, I was counting up how many churches we represented, and we represented nine churches on our team, which was really awesome. Um, eight of them from the Boston area, uh, ones and twos. We actually had half the team came from Antioch Waltham, but we had ones and twos from different churches um, throughout the area, and we also had um, three men from Antioch Community Church of Detroit that met us uh, in Puerto Rico. So that was that was awesome. Uh, go ahead and go to the first slide. I don't think that's Puerto Rico. There, it might be. This is a little bit more of what the, the uh, ocean trees. We did. We have a ton of. We didn't have enough time. We got back at eight o'clock in the morning yesterday, and there were still people rolling in today saying, "Where am I? What what?" What, am I in Puerto Rico? What's going on? So we're still kind of trying to gather our, our energy and our brains uh, from this trip. Um, so we don't have a lot of slides for you, but there'll be a few, few for you to see as, we, as I talk here. Um, I want you to know that Puerto Rico was devastated by, by Irma and Hurricane Irma and Marie, Mar, um, Maria. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that this stat is right. Right before we left, um, the Weather Channel put out another kind of comprehensive report of the, the extensive damage to Puerto Rico during this hurricane, or, or actually the, the extensive damage of hurricane, those two hurricanes combined. Um, uh, previously, the worst damage was $4 billion of damage in one specific area by a hurricane. There were $80 billion worth of damage by this hurricane, just to give you perspective. It was absolutely a massive catastrophe, specifically in the Caribbean, of which Puerto Rico was, one, was hit dead on twice by hurricanes. So basically, if you know anything about boxing, Irma came through, and it was the setup punch, kind of destabilized Puerto Rico, and then Maria just completely destroyed it. And uh, even, even however many months later when we arrived on the island, although there's been quite a bit of effort to get things back in order, um, you could still see the massive ramifications of the damage. I mean, literal huge um, street signs hanging over into the highway. Um, you just you can't even describe the, the power of this hurricane and, and how it destroyed homes and um, businesses and communities. And so uh, there's still places in Puerto Rico without power. Um, as a matter of fact, a couple a week before we got there, half the island was knocked out of power because a a tree fell on a power line. One tree falling on a power line knocked out power for half the island. When we were there, right in the middle, of, for, for parents that were around and knew what was going on and sent me a lot of texts wondering if your kids were okay, um, uh, we, uh, we, we lost power on the whole island. Uh, they thought maybe for 48 hours it ended up being 12 to 24, depending on where you were on the island. But this is just daily living for Puerto Rico. Um, what, what the pastor of the church that we worked with, and if you're looking at these blue shirts, this is the name of the church, Marasul, um, Blue Ocean Church. Um, what he said is that um, the hurricane exposed, uh, the hurricane came and stripped all the leaves off the trees when it came through, and so things that were hidden were exposed. So the poverty, the, uh, 
the infrastructure, even before the hurricane, it was in a hard place, but it even, it destroyed and exposed um, the need in Puerto Rico. Um, but also what John, J Pastor John said is that not only did you, was there massive physical damage, but it exposed the spiritual needs, the emotional needs of the people of Puerto Rico. And Marisol is a, a church that's saying we want to bring a, an alive church to the people that expresses the love of Jesus in a practical way and is establishing kingdom, kingdom values, kingdom love, kingdom work among the people of Puerto Rico. One house, one person, one house, one community at a time. And this church is just a beautiful il illustration of that. Uh, John thirteen thirty four. Jesus said, as he was spending time with his disciples, that for the, the last few um, um, hours before he, was w before he was crucified on the cross, he said this. He said, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, as I have loved you, as you have seen me love you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And we saw this in Marisol. This church is a loving, action-oriented, commitment, committed group of believers, about 600 people strong. Um, we were able to, when we first got there, to go to their church service. It was powerful. It was excited, um, sincere in their love for Jesus. They're servant-hearted. They're generous. They're loving. They have a big vision to reach the whole island with Jesus, not just with the words or of good, not the, just the gospel of good news, words only, but transformations of communities, and they're doing that. Our team came to serve their vision. So oftentimes on mission trips, uh, depending on where you're going, and this has been my experience, we will come into an area, and we bring faith for evangelism or faith for community outreach or faith for community within the church. We bring something that we are sharing with the community. But when we came into Puerto Rico and came to this church, we came not to, not to, to, to lead, but to follow and to learn from this church. This, this church powerfully impacted our team in the way that they were, they were living out the life of Christ. They modeled for us what it looks like, and we were, in a sense, coming to be, if you know the Old Testament story of Moses as, they, as the children of Israel were going up into battle, it says as long as his arms were held up, there was victory, and when his hands sagged, uh, the, the, there was, they, would lose, they would be defeated, and so Aaron and her came to lift up his arms so the, the battle could be won, and we felt like that we were coming in to be Aaron and her, to lift up the arms of Marisol, and our team did an awesome job. Whenever you go into kingdom work and missions work, there's always a battle because you're coming in to make advances that the enemy doesn't want. And so this was no different. We had quite a battle on our hands. We flew in in the middle of the night. We flew out in the middle of the night. We flew in weary. We left weary. As we landed, they picked us up and they took us to our homes. We settled into our first house. My son Isaac hops up on the bunk bed of of the, the, one of the rooms, and within five minutes of sitting on the bunk bed, we hear this scream, and we walk in, and Isaac has placed his head into a fan, and he had a massive cut in his head. Um, we had to rush him to the hospital. Laura and I got off the plane at, at 6 o'clock, got to uh, at 3 o'clock, um, and then at 4 in the morning, we were headed to a, a hospital in the middle of Puerto Rico, emergency room. 17, 18 stitches later, um, 17 and one and one in the other, right? Yeah, 16 and one, 
in one and the other, 17 stitches, thanks, thank you, it's his head, so he should know, right, he went through it, um, a gash all the way down to the skull, the doctor was looking at us going, this is serious, um, and uh, stitched up, courageous, we went back, went to bed, and he, with a hat on his head, he was back in action the next day, <laughs> you know, Isaac, that's not a surprise, but uh, early morning flight, Isaac gets 17 stitches, on the way to the airport, we have a flat tire, um, have to replace the tires in one of the vans. Um, we learned early on, we talked about this before, but we learned early on. What is it, team? Mission. Mission attitude. We call it MTUDE. It's just we are on missionary. This is our missionary moment here. So are we going to either be flexible or are we going to complain? We were flexible. We didn't have one person, we didn't have one conflict on our team the whole time that I know of. Our team was such a loving and caring team for one another, and it's because they carried the heart of Christ. Into I'm sure there were a few conflicts, um, but that, nothing that was sustained. All good attitudes. Um, long rides in cars, sharing bathrooms, broken showers, wrong tools, hard ground, all day scraping, painting, sunburns, power outages, adjusted schedules, GPS struggles, fire ants, hard rains, upset stomachs. It was a battle, but God did some amazing work. We learned early on the, team, the church taught us a couple of things. Let's try this, guys. Aplauso fuerte. Yeah, that means strong clap. Aplauso carioso. That means a sweet clap, a tender response in our hearts. So we learned that from the church, and that was our attitude the whole time. We were, in, we were, we were taught and in, in, in modeled encouragement on our team. And one of the ways that we did that is we had encouragement cards, and everybody had a name and a folder on the wall, and as often as people could be around those those folders, put names on it, they would write encouragement cards. They would pray for each other. They would encourage each other verbally. And um, we, built, we built each other up as we were serving. They had great attitudes. But in the midst of our team being there and, and working with Marisol, we got to see changed communities and changed lives. And this will be the last part, and I'm going to have a couple people share. One of the things that we did, they asked us to do two things. They, they are a church in the middle of San Juan but they're wanting to reach a couple of communities that they served. Um, right after the hurricane, they stepped in to be a, a help to FEMA to distribute food and water, clothing, um, personal necessities, anything that would help people stay, get on their feet during the, the early days, weeks, and early months of the, the hurricane disaster. Then that, trans, that transferred into power generators, um, gas generators, things that would help people be sustained in their homes without electricity. And then that, then that the, then the next phase was putting in windows, doors, repairing homes, repairing, um, repairing schools, parks, etc. And so Montessori has been doing that aggressively in San Juan, but also in two communities. One of those was Juncos, which is where we served. And one of the things they asked us to do, two of the things they asked us to do, one of them was to repair a basketball court, a community court, uh, huh? in, in park in, the, in one of these communities. Every, every neighborhood has a park in a community, and so this is what it looked like. Before we arrived, this is the basketball court that's covered. Um, and then over the course of three days, one of our teams, our larger team, you can keep on showing the next pictures, transformed this park. You can see the bleachers in the background that we scraped and painted. Keep on. We transformed it into this court. Isn't that awesome? Of which right there at the very end when we finished, we played, we christened the court by playing a a hearty round or a few rounds of breakout. Knockout, excuse me. Thank you. Yes. Gosh, come on, Dad. 
right. So uh, it was beautiful because right after we finished, people from the community started coming and they said, can we play? Is this our court? Yeah, this is your court. We just came to repair it, but this is, this is yours. This is, you own it. Take it over. And when we drive by the next couple of days on our ways to outreaches, the court was being filled, the, the playground was being filled with people that were able to experience the power of transformation. The second thing that we were able to do is go to a, a local school in the area. And uh, let me just tell you, this was such a sweet story. A school that had been, for the last six years, studying butterflies. They had a butterfly garden in a greenhouse where they grew the plants that the butterflies would live in. The teacher of this program got her master's, I don't, there's a name for it, in butterflies. She was passionate. She was so passionate that on day three of us working out, to, working out there to build a greenhouse, she pulled our whole team in. I thought we were going to come in to connect with the students. She kicked all the students out. She wanted to have class with us because she wanted us to know why it was important that we were building this greenhouse. And she talked about saving the butterflies that saved the honey population and, and, and just kind of the whole ecosystem of how important butterflies were. We were losing butterflies, and we needed to build up the population. So we did that, and so our team, through uh, this is the, the this is the warehouse where we're collecting our supplies. Our team built a the, the 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 main structure of the greenhouse. One thing that we learned is that in building, the most important thing, the most important thing of building is the foundations. It took us two days to break through the rock and the dirt uh, with tools that were not the best tools to be able to do it. To, to establish a sturdy foundation so this building would, would stand through the next storms that come. And uh, it took perseverance. It took determination. It took us working through conflict a little bit on site, short conflict. But these young men and men labor through, and did we see the finished product? Uh, built, established this greenhouse. Another team is going to come through in the next weeks to put on the sides and the doors and the top, and they're going to have a a dedication ceremony. When we were building this greenhouse, and Mark can attest to this um, as well, the, the teacher was so touched, she wept. She wept that her dream was not going to die, but that she was going to continue to be able to teach these students. But she didn't just weep because she was getting a greenhouse. She shared a, a really critical story. Listen to this. She said in schools, and we understand this here, in schools before Maria, you couldn't talk about God or pray. She said, when Mata Sewell came into the community and started serving and loving on the students and loving on the schools and the community, it softened the hearts of the principal and the teachers. And she said, now they let us talk about God and they let us pray. And, uh, and she started weeping and she said, thank you for coming and being a representative of Mata Sewell to see this established. She said, but not only is that happening, she says, not only are you doing something physical, but you're changing hearts. She says, even me. You're pastoring me as I go through a difficult situation. I'm seeing the hope of God as you're here. And so it was really powerful. Last thing, we um, had a, did an outreach with, um, well, the last thing I'm going to share, and then I'm going to have some people come up and share. We might go over just a little bit of, of in our service time here. Um, we were able to reach out to a community um, at the end. One of the things that they wanted to do is they wanted to do these servant service projects, but they also wanted to create an opportunity for people to know Jesus. And so we did an outreach on the last day where we gathered people from the community that we were working in, and then they, they shared some things, Matasul shared some things about Jesus and invited them to be a part of the next steps of walking with Christ in their community. And I wanted Mark to come up real quick, Mark, and just share one of those, off, one of those moments that where you had a chance to, to reach out to somebody. Hello, lovely brothers and sisters. It is a real pleasure to be here. 
and uh, I want to say to our team that the best part in my life, be with you guys and the things you did over there. It was awesome. It was amazing. So uh, Paul's testimony will be quick. It's about this man over here. First time I saw someone drive a van. We have a three uh, brand new vans. It wasn't new at all. <laughs> the van is an old van, very old. It's like 12 passengers in the van. And, um, and I was following him to the first time in the jungle, 40 minutes up the hill, like unbelievable. And he was driving so fast. I was left myself because I used to do this in Brazil. And I said to him, I wrote a card for him saying, with you, my friend, I can go everywhere in the world because you're amazing. <laughs> you know that. I was left myself. It's amazing. But it was a great, you guys probably know that. You saw the van, like, you know, fly and everything. So the, the, it was a lot of things. I can't stay here like, uh, oh, my, whole day. It was a lot of testimony, and the team know that. But an interesting thing that we did, we have reached out on uh, Centro de Ayuda, where the place they put together people to do events and, uh, and distribute food. And that time, it was a reach out and went through the streets, you know, when well, no, our team only, the Troy team and more people. It was like 40 people. And uh, we did a road. We did a lot of house and finally get together. And I saw a clinic right in front of this place. And I said, let me go there. And I ring the bell a few times. And someone coming. It was a young woman. And I said, we're going to have a party here tonight. Food, you know. There'll be songs. And, and we're going to invite you to do. And oh, I work all day. And then uh, was there two, two people with the two girls. And said, okay, I go. And okay, it was seven o'clock. I was sitting down with uh, Pastor David and uh, and Doctor Chase and Jeremy, and I saw they left like very easily to go home. And I said, I have to run that, and I run, and I catch them and said, No, you said they're gonna participate at least ten to fifteen minutes, and they came. It was awesome. They love it, and they received the bless from God. So uh, we pray for them. But the next day, I was in the school, and the school, was, as, uh, as you all know, uh, the teacher, every morning, she called me to say, how's everything going, you know? And the first day, I was very impressed because she said, uh, she come, everybody to the class and started wrote on the, on, the, on the board how she want to do the project. And it was, oh, my God, we have like three, four days to finish this. I'm going to, you know, it was a lot that she expected. But anyway, it was a blessing. So we come, and she asked me this the next day to talk to her, and I was there uh, because she wanted to come uh, want us to have a lunch together with all the team in the cafeteria. For surprise, that girl that I called in the clinic was there. And I was so wow, that's amazing. And uh, I said, how will you come to this school? Because you work in it, you know, I, I'm this, uh, the teacher assistant, so I help her uh, on the mornings uh, tw twice a week. And I said to Dr. Chase, let her pray for her. So because God showed me that we should pray for her. And we prayed for her, and she accepted Jesus, and uh, she was very happy. And she, said she, she shared something with us that was beautiful. She said, uh, we never saw so much love in the people like you see in you guys. So and she's this, this for me, was the highlight and everything. Amen, team? Amen. Thanks so much. So that was um, the outreach. Um, in the, the school, and so God was doing some powerful things in the community. Um, I, I talked with one of the Montessori leaders at the end of our time, and he just said, you have no idea how much 
you contributed to our impact in these communities by the work that you did and the way that you served and loved people. So thank you, missions team. But God always does something in a team. Um, when we go to serve other people, God serves us, and he does something in us. And so we had, you already saw the baptisms. We had powerful team times in the morning where we worship, we prayed for one another. Um, God taught us about things um, in, in, centered around all of our lives being rooted in Jesus, of ha- having courage to overcome our fears and breaking down the lies that the enemy tells us and walking in the truth of God. These were some of the themes of our mornings. And God really powerfully ministered to our team during those times we miss outreach. I want to just have two more testimonies. Caleb Pucci, one of our youth, was on a trip. He, he went to share just something that God did in him or that he saw. Come on up, Caleb. Yeah, so, I mean, the Puerto Rico trip was great, but, um, so, in the mornings, we would have, uh, I mean, there's nothing more you can say about it, it was just great, Um, but in the mornings, we would always have our worship times, and there would always be someone who was crying, and I never, I never saw anyone crying in church around me, so I was always a little surprised by that, just to see people doing that, and the last, one of the last days, we had Elaine share her testimony, and then we had a worship time after that, and People just were breaking down everywhere, coming out of their comfort zone. And it was just so great to see the spirit just come down and just flood our atmosphere. And it was one of the few times I've seen that happen outside of World Mandate, where so many people just break down because of the spirit. So that was just a great opportunity to see. Stella. Stella Forte, come on in. So, uh... I'll let you share. But I can just say this. If you know Stella, um, part of the miracle of this trip is that Stella was on the mission trip. Because are you going to share any of that? Okay, great. You got it. I want to steal your thing. Hey, church. Um, yes, I. it was hard for me to go. Part of the appeal of this uh, trip, though, was that we were going to be serving people and that really appealed to me. Um, wha- in one of our first meetings that we had together as a, a group, somebody asked, um, how is God pulling your heart, pulling you to want to go to Puerto Rico? And they're going around the circle. And when it gets to me, um, I stopped and said, I'm not really getting pulled. I think I'm getting pushed. <laughs> I just really felt like God was all along pushing me to go. And it, for me, it was really stepping outside of, of my comfort zone in a big way. Um, I have my notes here, so forgive me for having to look at my notes. Uh, what I felt overall was that this ended up, our trip ended up being um, such a gift of love from God's church to the people that were there. Um, We were available to them, and the church, my school, is available to them. And I think we really communicated that in um, lots of different ways. So I wanted to just tell you a little bit about what I felt like God was showing me through the week and uh, convey a little bit of what it was like. Some of you know, because I asked you to pray for me, one of my biggest fears was... I'm going to Puerto Rico, and the sun is hot. And I don't deal well with sun. 
I grew up in Canada, Nova Scotia. <laughs> we don't go to the beach. I didn't go to the beach. So um, I, I was pretty afraid of, of how I was going to manage in the sun. But you know what? God provides. And uh, when we walked onto that basketball court that we were going to paint, and I saw that roof. That was awesome, wasn't it? The best. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times we thanked the Lord for that roof that shaded us as we were working. And at one point, too, uh, the guy that was directing the job came over to me. I had finished up what I was doing, and I went and said, what, do you, what should I do next? And he said, how about you go out into the field there and paint the playground structures? <laughs> you know what you're asking me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he did not know what he was asking me. So anyway, I, uh, I thought about it. I prayed about it. And uh, then I went and got Samuel and Mary Ann, <laughs> and I delegated. <laughs> I could not do that. I knew I could not do that. Anyway, I, I wanted to just tell you, uh, I've, I've never gone on a mission trip before in my whole life, and I've heard about a lot of mission trips, so I wanted to just kind of give you a little picture of what I saw from our team's perspective and also from the perspective of the people in Puerto Rico. So the first thing that I saw just blew me away and amazed me. I saw a group of believers living together like they did in Acts in the early days of the church. Never in my life did I think I would ever see that. I, I just want to... I'm not going to read a lot, but this is Acts 2. Um, guys, listen up. All the believers devoted themselves to fellowship, to sharing in meals, and to prayer. All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They worshiped together and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And that is really how we lived. It was Amazing, amazing. Um, so working in the hot sun all day to benefit other people that you don't know. The, the, the guys were, were digging and trying to dig holes in cement. Imagine that, in the hot sun, digging all day. It took two days to dig those holes. People worshiping with their whole entire hearts, everything that they had in them. Sacrificing fun time. People had the option to go and tour San Juan. They sacrificed that time to go back and finish that greenhouse for the people there. I mean, who does that? Um, people being honest and vulnerable, showing their real true self to each other. We, relationships that would take years to grow just grew at such a deep level in such a short time. It was, among us, I mean, it was amazing. Um, I saw capable, loving leadership who just never stopped managing and, and, and working and helping things happen for us. It was awesome. Um, I saw people turn away from complaining 
and demanding, things that we just do all the time in our culture. People chose not to do that, right? When we're having hot dogs for like the 20th time. <laughs> I eat more hot dogs than I've eaten in like 10 years, so. But there was no complaining. There was no grumbling. There was, you know. We felt honored that they would provide for us. It was incredible. Um, people were enduring uncomfortable situations for the sake of others. You know, when you were talking about Isaac, um, we arrived at 2 a.m. We got picked up in the vans at 3 a.m. We sat in the van until 4, 4.30 when Isaac got his head hit. We're crammed in the van. <laughs> it's hot. Nobody is grumbling. Nobody is complaining. We're just sitting and waiting. Um, you know, through the flat, flat tires, through the showers that are just little trickles, <laughs> little trickles of cold water. Nobody's complaining. It was unbelievable. If only we could live our everyday lives that way. What, what an impact we would make. Um, I saw teenagers who blew my mind. <laughs> you tell your friends that were on this trip. You guys were unbelievable. No, they welcomed each other. We had about five kids who weren't from the church. New kids. These kids here welcomed them as if they'd been friends their whole life. There was no judgment. There was no cliques. There was no isolating people. It was crazy. They just loved them and welcoming, welcomed them. When they said goodbye to them at the airport, like there's tears. It's like they're leaving their best buds, you know? It was amazing. Um, that was so encouraging. I saw people providing ears and shoulders and prayer for each other, listening, just loving on each other. It was really amazing. And I saw people step out in faith in ways that I don't think they ever thought they would do, you know? Um, Monique was out in the field uh, taking some pictures, and a lady who lived, who, whose house abutted this big playground area came over and talked to her and like Monique asked her can I pray for you I'm like what you did what <laughs> it was just everybody kind of rose to the challenge so it was amazing I'm going to be done really soon um, Puerto Rico beautiful beautiful Puerto Rico those people love their home they love that place and it is a beautiful place they're proud of it and they love it but you know, I, we could all see the weariness of living without electricity for eight months. Eight months. The village that we were in, they had just gotten their electricity back. I mean, we're complaining after, what, three days? The fun has worn off, and, and we're complaining? Eight months of this. I saw a vibrant, vibrant church that worships Jesus and loves Jesus and proclaims Jesus and has a heart for the lost people on that island. Um, a church that isn't afraid to move out and reach out to people. It was such a blessing to see that. 
Um, I saw people who live in the community that were moved to tears because we were helping them and doing something for them. You know, I never would have thought that working on a painting a basketball court was such a big thing. But it's like, the, you know, a central place for them in their town. It was just amazing. I saw a great kindness on the part of the people from the church, Marzul, in preparing and supplying breakfast and dinner for 36, 35 people every single day. I, it humbled me. I mean, I have to get a meal and I'm griping and complaining, you know? But they were happy and joyful to provide for us. Um, so it, it was just amazing. I. I guess I would have to say, if you ever have an opportunity to go on a trip like this, do it. Yeah, do it. Um, I've never done it before, and I did it, and I lived to tell the tale. So <laughs> you can live. Um, I, I think people there saw, what they saw was, people that live there, the Church of Jesus wants to bless me. Like that was that was what how they saw us, and I didn't know how much God was gonna bless me by serving Him, and how alive I would feel from spending a week in the hot sun um, working for somebody else. So it was just a privilege to be able to go. Amen. <laughs> Next time we do this, remind me not to preach. I'll just let you preach. That was awesome. Okay, stand up. So come on up, Tabby. We've got to do that song that you, that you, uh, that you worked on. We're going to end with a song of worship. Um, uh, I think we're okay. Uh, well, maybe we're not okay. We've got a problem. Melting down. All right. We're not okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to play this song. If you, have, if you have kids, as we start this worship song, if you have kids in the uh, children's area, uh, send, a, send a delegate to, to go get them. And let's just end by thanking God for what he has done in, through these, these testimonies, but what he's going to be doing in your life as well. Amen? Here we go.